Good morning, Kings fans. How are we feeling? We've had about 10, 12 hours to digest the Kings' loss last night to Denver. 117.96 was not unexpected, but it was definitely a little bizarre, in my opinion. We can talk about that on the other side. We'll hear from both head coaches as well, and we'll uh, try to project when the Kings will hopefully stop the bleeding. It does not get any easier. Minnesota coming up next for them. This is the Kings Court. Ryan in Sacktown, doing Ryan in Sacktown things. Court is in session, Kings fans. We're going to talk about last night. Uh, not going to go too far into the numbers. Uh, we covered that on the postgame show. On If you don't like that, go check it out on Grant's channel or his podcast. Uh, but I do want to talk about some of the things that were a little bizarre to me. I want to hear from both of the head coaches and then uh, also, we'll just briefly look ahead to Minnesota. Uh, we'll do that fully tomorrow, but uh, we'll, we'll just take a peek around the corner. But first, the King's Court is brought to you by Bennett's Westside Grill in Rockland, located in the Blue Oaks Town Center. Uh, yeah, that is their third location. We had talked about them having a third location coming soon last season. It is here. Go check it out. Same old Bennett's. Great food, great menu, great specials. They've got three locations. Go to Bennett'sRestaurants.com for more information. You can get reservations. Check out the specials. You can also get gift cards. There you go. So big thanks to Bennett's Westside Grill in Rockland, located in the Blue Oaks Town Center. All right. So the Kings, 96 points last night without De'Aaron Fox. The Nuggets rolled over him, 117-96. Drops the Kings to eighth place in the Western Conference. Um, look, we knew. We knew that every single game was going to matter on this stretch run. The Kings now 24, 24 games left in this season, and we talked about it a little bit last night, but look, good teams have hard stretches like the Kings have right now, but good teams, well, good to great teams, I should say, good to great teams don't lose the wins, the games they should win. So when they have these difficult stretches, they have a little bit more room for air. Even down the stretch of the season, the Kings just don't have that room for air. That's why... We are looking at the standings every single day because with the Kings in eighth place in the Western Conference, they're one behind the fifth and they're two games ahead of the ninth. Now, remember, you have to be in the top 10 to make the quote to be eligible for the playoffs. Top 10 in each conference. If you are a top six seed, you get a seven-game series, seven through ten. They go through a, a play-in process. So Grant explained it very well last night. You can go listen to him on that. So with the Kings moving to Minnesota, you might ask, when does the bleeding stop? And especially with De'Aaron Fox and his bruised knee. He injured it against, or against the Heat and Jaime Jaquez. 
what I can say about this type of injury, I don't have any of the information in front of me or specifics from the Kings on De'Aaron's, but with knee contusions, if you've ever had one or you've played sports, it's a pretty darn painful thing. And it's really pain tolerance. What can you play through? Because structurally, it's a contusion. It's a bruise. You can't really make it worse as long as there's not a fracture or anything there. So even if he is able to play against Minnesota, can he be effective? De'Aaron's speed, his change of pace, that is, that, that's the crux of his game. That's what uh, his game hangs its hat on. So we stay tuned for that information. And look, last night, again, the Kings don't have a second option. They, they don't at that point guard position to strongly back up De'Aaron Fox that can play anything near to the style De'Aaron plays. And I think that's why it's so gaping. It would be a hard job to do if you're a really good backup point guard, but somebody like Davion Mitchell, whose specialty is more on the other side of the court, it, it makes it that much harder and it makes the difference stand out that much more between the two players. So uh, can the Kings or Mike Brown find something or find a combination with or without De'Aaron Fox that can push the pace because pushing the pace in the first meeting against Minnesota, remember Minnesota had not lost on their home court. Uh, coming into that meeting, the Kings beat the Timberwolves on their home court. First loss of the season for them at home. The pace was very high in that game. Mike Brown last night, talked to the media, and he gave a, a few-minute summary on his thoughts of the game, the rotations, what happened here and there. M Michael Malone also spoke after the game, and I thought his summary really, if we're going to talk about statistics and we're going to talk about the story of last night's game outside of the bizarre things that we're still going to talk about and keep talking about, Mike hits the nail on the head in about one minute. Here he is. We were definitely a, a late arriving team tonight, uh, that first quarter. Not really ready to play. And, uh, you know, they, they jumped us a little bit. You know, but after quarter one, I thought the defense was outstanding. I think we held them to 61 points, quarters two, three, and four, uh, 37 from the field. And most importantly, they made seven threes in the first quarter, five the rest of the game. And uh, I just felt their energy level, our defense, our commitment, our communication really picked up. And that allowed us to get out and run. You know, again, now it's four games now post-All-Star break. Uh, we had 26 fast break points. We forced them into 14 turnovers for 28 points. And uh, um, you know, that, that really uh, great to see us kind of flip the switch and get back to playing Denver Nuggets basketball. And uh, you know, I thought Jamal Murray was outstanding tonight. Um, you know, he's just kind of imposing his will on the game, the 32 points. But this out 13 of 15 from the field for him and 5 of 6 from 3. Uh, that was a hell of a performance by him and Nicola, obviously another triple-double. It wasn't the same. Yeah, a great performance from the Nuggets indeed. And Mike talking about Jamal Murray, he hits the nail absolutely on the head. Jamal Murray has not played in all of the games for the Nuggets against the Kings this season. So that was a huge, huge difference last night for them, especially from behind the three-point line. Denver, coming into this meeting, was shooting just a smidge 
a smidge above, get this, above 31% against the Kings this season, which, you know, the Kings, the worst in the NBA guarding the three-point line. It's much higher last night with Jamal Murray in the lineup. Also, the Kings had held the Denver Nuggets to 107 points uh, in all or an average of 107 points up until this meeting. The Nuggets only score 117. Uh, could have been much worse. But Jamal Murray, I want to point a couple things out. And this goes in the bizarre column. And I'm going to put De'Aaron Fox quasi in the bizarre column. And here's why. Because he went through shoot-around. And that was a little surprising to me. He, he went through shoot-around. He was a full participant. Something changed between then in the game, and he didn't play. So I respect his decision not to play. He knows his body the best. We do not. We don't have the details. So we're going to trust that. De'Aaron's never been one to really shy away from the court. I understand there was that period in time with him and Hallie uh, where there were some questions about whether De'Aaron was really hurt or not or what was going on, as you remember. But especially with sometimes with his attitude, you get what I'm saying. Those questions, what ultimately um, was part of some of the Kings concerns about keeping both players. But uh, look, the Kings last night, they didn't defend the pick and roll at all. They, They didn't. You have to look at that as a huge problem for the Kings. Uh, the other thing that you have to look at, and I'm gonna I'm gonna point again to Jamal Murray and De'Aaron Fox, and I, I'm putting the De'Aaron Fox again. I know I kind of backtracked and jumped there. The the De'Aaron Fox thing is going in that category because it it was just weird. I would have guessed he wouldn't have gone through shoot around if he wasn't going to play, but he was questionable coming into the game. So again, he knows his body the best. So quasi-bizarre there. Let's go back to Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, he was in the game late. Mike Malone left him in. And um, I'm not going to say Mike Malone ran it up, but Mike Malone let the Kings know, reminded the Kings, hey, uh, you know the other times you beat us this season? Because the Kings coming into this game were the only other team besides the Magic to have swept the Nuggets in a season series. And remember the Magic, it's only a two-game series. The Kings play the Nuggets more because they're in conference. So uh, Mike Malone was letting the Kings know we didn't have Jamal Murray in those games. So don't get it twisted. And Grant expanded a little bit on Mike Mc, Mike Malone's dislike for the Kings organization. Remember, Mike was a coach here in Sacramento. But um, I was talking about how the Kings were guarding the pick and roll. Here's the other thing. Jamal Murray, the pick and roll that he runs with Jokic, the way those two play together, the times the Kings went to a zone, how Jokic immediately was breaking that zone from the middle. It's what we talked about the past couple days on the Kings court, what the Kings weren't doing against the zone defense. But what I'm trying to say is some of the point guards that are considered in the same tier or a tier above De'Aaron Fox, those that play with a really good forward or a really special big man or a really good big man, and there's a 
decent amount of those around the league. I know the big man is relatively dead right now in the NBA or the big man as we knew it, but there's a decent amount of those connections, but those point guards, they use their forwards. They use their center so well. They make each other better. They elevate each other. Um, They get the best out of each other. They push each other. And that's what makes those connections that much special or that much more special. And I said it on the post game show. I'll say it again here. The connection between Jamal Murray and Jokic is so much stronger than the connection between Fox and Sabonis because Fox uses, or excuse me, Murray uses Jokic so well. I mean, he squeezes every last drop of production in out of on the offensive end out of Jokic. Fox doesn't do the same. And I think that's why there's that big glaring difference when Malik Monk comes off the bench and Malik Monk is running the pick and roll beautifully. I mean, beautifully. And you're like, wow. Leach really good at that. Well, yeah, he is. He's getting the most out of Sabonis. They've got that chemistry. I don't see it with De'Aaron and Sabonis. I don't. It's something that needs to be worked on, in my opinion. It's certainly not an effort thing from Sabonis. He just finished a streak of 15 straight double doubles, yo. What is it? 41 or triple doubles. Now it's 41 straight double doubles. So I, I think you got to point that out. And that's why Denver is a championship team. So if the Kings want to take that next step, good to great. That's something you absolutely have to look at. But Jamal Murray staying on the court, bizarre. All right, let's 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 go to our next bizarre thing of the night. How about Chris Duarte? He is laying on the floor. Uh, clearly, by the way he's laying, or at least clearly to me, He has a head injury. He was hit in the head. Come to find out five, six minutes later while he's in the tunnel being attended to, he's bleeding. The refs didn't stop the game. So Duarte was down on the baseline uh, under, he was not directly under the hoop. He was closer to the corner, the far corner away from the benches and closer to the courtside seats. And he was down for two or three possessions and the refs just let it go. When did the NBA? I didn't realize the NBA didn't stop games for potential head injuries. Seriously. And what made this even more bizarre and more confounding is the fact that towards the end of the game, one of the guys for the Denver Nuggets hit his head hard on the court. Really hard. And the refs stopped play. Now, the plays were much different. He was down on the court, like inside the court. But I still think play should have been stopped, right? No? Help me out there. Give me your take in the uh, chat. Uh, Hit me up on X at Ryan underscore in underscore Sacktown. Let me know what you think on that. 
Uh, all right, let's move on to, I'm not going to put this under bizarre, but you can't talk about last night without talking about this. Uh, the referees. Okay. Uh, they've been in the news as of late. The Kings feel like they've gotten a few bad calls as of late. The Kings feel like they've gotten some bad calls all season. Well, last night they blew a call in the second quarter. It was right in the middle of Denver taking the momentum back. What happens from there is the Nuggets get a dunk. Mike Brown calls timeout. It was it was clearly a foul. Now, I will say this. I'm not 100% sure if that was, and it was not, you could not challenge the play, but if that play was challenged, I'm not 100% sure the refs would have called it a foul. I'm not. Because Jokic wasn't doing anything... Um, more than try to get to his space or be in the space he was at. Um, I guess he wasn't in, Jokic has a right to a space too. And it didn't to me look like he was directly or intentionally trying to impede that. But regardless, the damage is done coming out of the timeout. The refs do a makeup call or what appears to be a makeup call, which is a, a Keegan Murray coming off of a screen. It doesn't make up for it because the run continues, and from there, it was all Denver. The game was over from there. So you got to – blown calls are blown calls. Regardless of the time of the game in which one happens, it's still a blown call. Now, that doesn't mean that some blown calls are worse than others, and that's specifically because of momentum. If you if you're hearing that clicking in that door in the background, that is my hundred pound dog Gordo, Great Pyrenees. Fun fact, fun fact about Gordo, uh, he has a sixth toe, sixth toe. Check it out. Go look up Great Pyrenees. They are big dogs and they slobber a lot. So um, that is Gordo. Uh, that interruption brought to you by Gordo in Sacktown. Anyways, I digress. So a blown call is a blown call regardless of the time of game. But this one, the momentum, it just, it it destroyed the Kings. The timing of it was terrible. The bottom line, the refs have to be better. We talk about that a little bit at halftime last night. Go check that out on if you don't like that. So we've addressed the refs. And by no means do I think the refs cost the Kings last night. Okay, last bizarre thing. We're already uh, just about at 20 minutes, so I want to get you out of here. Mike Brown's rotation last night, right? What's going on? Look, uh, why would you call the dogs off only to when really no movement was made on the lead? It, it, It dwindled, came back, dwindled, but it was never in question. You call the dogs off. Sabonis is one rebound short of a double double. And then all of a sudden, Sabonis comes back in later in the game, Murray as well. It made no sense. And I'm with you guys. I I think it would have been an awful headline. It would have fed exactly into the national media who's ignoring what Sabonis is doing to have a headline that says, Jokic triple-double, Nuggets destroy Kings, Sabonis double-double streak, comes to an end at the hands of Jokic. 
Tiny side note, no De'Aaron Fox. So, <laughs> I mean, in that sense, I'm happy that did not happen. But Mike Brown, the rotation last night, I, I that it, it was bizarre. Mike was asked about Keegan and his rotation really quick. Here's what Mike had to say. Had and I will continue to have conversations with Keegan. We want Keegan to be aggressive uh, uh, because we we feel like his development is necessary for us to continue our climb as a team. And um, uh, so not just because of tonight, but you know going forward, uh, I'm always going to tell him, hey, be aggressive. Uh, just because this guy's in the game or that guy's in the game, uh, you go ahead and you take the lead. If you see any opportunity to take advantage of the defense or your defender, uh, we're all for it. Mike Brown on Keegan Murray last night. So, yeah, we look forward to see what the Kings do against the Timberwolves. We'll have full coverage of that tomorrow. We'll get it all broken down for you before on the Kings court. So check in tomorrow morning. This is your place for all things Kings. I'm your daily insider. It's free. Try to keep it short form for you, although today we're at 21 minutes. But uh, keep an ear out to De'Aaron Fox, see what's going on with that knee and Uh, More importantly, if he is able to play, can he be effective? All right. Thanks for joining me today on the Kings Court. Go check out if you don't like that. Again, great post-game show last night. Great calls again. Um, And also, please do me a favor. Share the Kings Court. Review. Give me your feedback. I appreciate all you. You guys are truly the best Kings fans in the NBA. Go Kings. Light the beam. Court is dismissed.